0: Be sure to hit that subscribe button to make sure you get notifications when we launch a new episode, or you can join us live on Twitter Spaces, Monday through Friday, starting at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern. Every morning, and become part of the conversation yourself. Thank you again. We look forward to giving you the best Bitcoin content daily, here on the Cafe Bitcoin Podcast. What do you mean, what about the investments?
1: Well... In the internet, I mean, I, I heard Jim's uh, point about it not being the same, and I kind of agree. But the if we're going to talk about you know pets.com and all that stuff, I mean, for those people or those big you know early investors, I mean, we always say in Bitcoin terms, like, you know, you should have just, you know, supported Bitcoin. Like if you hadn't, you know, I don't know, I'm going down this and I tend to agree with Jim on this. I can't even make the point because it doesn't make sense really.
0: Well, I'm not I'm not suggesting that um cryptos don't distract people. They do. But what I'm saying is inevitably it's not gonna change anything, is what I think. I think I agree with Peter. I'm in the same campus Peter, where you know, in any new field, there's a bunch of speculation and there's a bunch of testing and there's a bunch of experimentation and there's a bunch of shit that never was never actually meant to be anything. They're just kind of affinity scams. Um, I mean, just I think of the dot com boom, man. We had a website for every fucking thing you could imagine, and and most of them didn't do anything, <laughs> but they sure got a lot of people to invest in those companies. And uh, now today that's all kind of shaken out. I, I think we're gonna see the same thing happening. I mean, to me, it's already been happening. I mean, look, Bitcoin's got the largest network effect, it's unassailable, it's unassailable, it's half the ecosystem. I don't know who's next, Stack or Gary? Let's go with
2: Stack. Yeah. Yeah, good morning, I, just, bro. yeah I just, I just, good can you hear me okay? We can hear you loud and clear. Go okay, ahead. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm outside doing my morning jog. Um, I was uh, listening to the tone of his voice, while it may sound upbeat, hopeful. If you listen closer to the words, what I'm taking away from that is they're scared shitless. They realize yes. there's a lot of technology there. That they're never going to be able to put a regulatory framework around and they're not going to be able yes. to stop it as much as they want to. And I'm just thinking he may come out sounding upbeat, but I think they're really scared and they know that they can't stop it. That's all I want to say.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and, and I didn't ask, uh, to be clear, I didn't ask Jacob to play the clip to say that. The chairman of the CFTC is somehow like on board with all this. I wasn't saying that. What I was saying is he was just talking about the adoption curve or the, oh, the, yeah, the yeah. pace and, of adoption.
2: Yeah. And I didn't take that from what you were saying. I, I mean, I didn't take that away. I, I didn't want to imply that. It's just that, you know, the, his tone is the noise and his words are the signal. I, I, I guess that's what
0: All right, cool. Uh, Gary, I think this is the first time you've been up here, unless I'm mistaken. Good morning.
3: Good morning. Yeah. No. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, I I I think that's you know opening opening things up to to crypto in general, right? Even though it's not Bitcoin, what that does is it gives a lot of these traditional people, and I say traditional. My, my sister in law is a traditional uh, financial advisor, even in in the traditional markets like they're very very risk averse and they won't touch anything but what i think the more that this crypto is talked about and the more that it becomes common right and we all know that bitcoin is is the way but nobody is even interested in looking at it because it's not regulated it's not approved and so what i Ooh. think that the more of these well i think Bad more of these talking heads are gonna are gonna let these normies you know give them permission quote unquote to go research it and they will come to their own conclusions now that they they feel that the authorities have given them to them, which I know is not necessarily along with the ethos, but I think it's going to open up a lot of eyes that have previously been closed because they didn't have the quote unquote permission to look into it.
0: Can you reiterate that? I mean, my brain shut off halfway through because it sounded like you're a shit coiner for a second there.
3: No, 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 no. Bitcoin only. But the more that the talking heads at the top talk about it being okay and regulation, right? The more the normies that will not step foot outside of the square box that they have outlined for them are going to start looking into crypto, right? And when they finally get to the if I understand what you're
0: saying, if I understand what you're saying is that using the word crypto or talking about crypto is a good thing somehow because it gets normies interested.
3: No. Well, when you're a regulatory body, I think it gets people interested, and eventually they will come to Bitcoin and come to the realization that we all have come to, that Bitcoin is is really the true revolution here and that Man. all these other crypto... I don't know. Usually-
0: I don't know. I agree with that. You don't need to use the word crypto. You don't need to promote it that way to get people interested. That has nothing to do with it, in my opinion. Appreciate you coming up, though. Jim, go yeah, ahead.
4: yeah um, I actually somewhat agree with Gary. There's a lot of people that wait for authority to tell them what to do, but um, my but do you have pure... to use
0: the word crypto? I'm not. No, of course not.
4: Like, no, no, this okay.
0: that's the part I'm taking. <laughs> um,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I look, I I totally agree with not using the word crypto because I have this whole pure outlook on the whole thing personally. When you look at you know the analogy before of the internet and Pets.com and all those things. You had a protocol and then things being built on top of it. That's why I called it a non sequitur. They're not equivalent. Um, Bitcoin is the protocol. If you want to build on top of Bitcoin, experiment all you want, let's do it. People have tried. Lots of things have come and gone. Some things have stuck around like lightning. But crypto is a copy. It's like the intranet trying to compete with the internet. And and so- That's a fair point. The the worst the worst part about all this, the intranet versus the Internet is irrelevant to most people's lives. But money is not. Everybody cares about money. And because we now have found the best money the world has ever seen, every bit of effort that that points somebody in a different direction and slows down their ability to grasp that hurts them until they get it. So every single talk about crypto, every bit of it, every investment in a crypto company, every single bit of it is fucking people over by slowing their education and distracting them until the day they get it. And that's the part that pisses me off to know it.
0: You make me you're reminding me of Corey right now. (laughs) This is Corey's approach. He's like, screw (laughs) them all.
5: And so, so surfer Jim, yeah. Jim, you you have a very valid point. But as you and I both know, because both of us were around in the in the early '90s uh, through through 2000 and watching all of this, um, you might have been participating more than I was because I didn't understand it at the time. As I recall, there was lots of companies who were doing exactly what you're talking about. They they were looking at the internet and they were like, "Oh no, we can't control that. We have to make an intranet." And that's what they were trying to do, and all of that went away. And it didn't slow the. My point was, it didn't slow the adoption of the internet. Once it achieved a certain mass, um, there was no stopping that thing. And it was so that's the underlying a fair technology, of course. P-
4: that's yeah, a fair and, and,
0: point. And what we were getting at is that, like, eventually the market will work it out. Like, the market's going to figure out what the deal is. And, uh, I, I agree like with both of With everything else.
4: Right. I agree with both of you. In the end, the market will figure it out. Um, I would argue that there is a chance intranets did slow the adoption, but I don't think most people were hurt by it in any significant way. Whereas when you are slowed from adopting the best money you could ever have, you are hurt by that, period. It's a totally different, it's just a non-sequitur. Bitcoin is in a league of its own, and it's almost impossible to analogize it against anything else that's seen. Yeah, you,
0: you know that. You understand that right but but a lot of people don't and and it's just that mount stupid thing people have to climb mount stupid and, and everybody has their own pathway. Some people some people do it much faster than others. Other people spend a lot of freaking time, you know, going up the back, st- stretch a mountain stupid, and then falling down and then trying to go up a different way, and then they fall down. And then like, want to go up through the freaking forested part, and then they fall down. Then they go right up the freaking canyon valley where there's a fucking avalanche coming down on top of them. And, you know, they figure it out eventually.
5: And And not only do they figure it out eventually, but they start telling their friends... That they've figured out. And when enough people say, look, this thing over here doesn't work, a bunch of the other people, the, the people who haven't really looked at it yet, um, they don't even bother to look at that anymore because they've seen so many of their friends getting wrecked by it.
0: It's that one-way ratchet effect thing that that Beautyon was talking about yesterday. It's like once you get it, you can't unget it. And and slowly but surely people get it. The number of people who get it. Continues to grow every single day. New people are getting it. And that's the amazing part about it It's like the Borg, you know, it's like our computer used to talk about it. it's like it's it's like Once you get it you ain't going back and um, The number of people keeps continuing to grow. I don't see what's gonna stop that I, I guess back back to the
3: I guess the point and maybe I can articulate it a little bit better is people aren't even interested in climbing Mount stupid right now or even looking into Bitcoin right now and so you know, back to what server Jim was saying, the authority to let people look into this. Ideally we can guide them to Bitcoin, right? Like I talked to my sister and I was like, Hey, do you, do you care to learn about Bitcoin? She's like, Oh, we, we don't even, I'm not even interested. Like zero interest, zero intellectual, intellectual curiosity.
0: All right. Well, you, you can't blanket statement and say things like everyone. Cause it's just not accurate. Like maybe that's your experience. It's not my experience. Like, I'm talking to, well, obviously I'm in a position where I see a lot of it, but I'm talking to people every day who are coming into the space. So it depends, I guess. I want to uh, say good morning to Jeff Ross and Neil Jacobs. Good morning, both of you guys.
6: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Um... Any other thoughts anybody want to finish up with before we move on to the next topic in regards to adoption? I, I personally feel like we're right on the threshold. We're on the threshold, guys, of of that period of time where it, it, there, it reaches all things like, like, like this. I, when I mean like this, I mean technology changes, reaches a point of critical mass, and then it kind of just goes straight up.
6: Yeah, I would say one of the indications of that, it seems like the shitcoiners are just getting louder because they're more desperate, right? They realize, like, maybe the jig is up. I hope not,
7: or I hope so. But,
6: you know, we see this, we happened four years ago, happened again. So who knows what's going to happen in a couple of years, if they're going to make a comeback
8: or not.
0: Well, shit's getting serious. Reason being, you know, we were talking about a little bit ago. I forget it was the name of the gentleman that I think it was stacking stacking was saying that um, the chairman of the CFTC sounded a little desperate, a little scared, right? Here's an interesting headline. 74% of public agencies feel under equipped for crypto investigations, law enforcement and regulatory agencies investigating cryptocurrency related incidents need better data training uh, and private Partnerships because they don't know what the hell they're doing, <laughs> according to a survey conducted by Chain Pretty interesting stuff. I, I suspected something like this was the case. Um, I mean, it's hard enough, in my opinion, as a Bitcoiner, to keep up <laughs> with with the pace of of change and all the new things are happening. I mean, you just saw these new announcements from, about I think it's called Keat coming out and just nonstop new stuff with lightning. I mean, tarot just came out. So how do, how do government agencies keep up with this stuff when they're, when they have other things they have to be doing, et cetera. So they're, they're starting to create dedicated task forces, but they're so far behind the curve on this thing. They're so far behind the eight ball
3: but I think they're going to stay behind the eight ball because the talent is not going into government. The talent is seeing the opt out in Bitcoin and and is flowing into Bitcoin. And so the government's not going to keep up because they won't be able to retain talent. They never, they've never been good at retaining talent.
0: It's a bit of a gray matter train, right? Yeah, for sure. I'm reminded of a, of a tweet by Larry Lepard the other day. Um, where somebody was asking him, you know, he was talking about spending Bitcoin. By the way, I totally agree with that. I started doing it um, a couple of months, I don't know, six months ago, whatever. Um, not, not huge amounts, you know, but like for little things, I, I try to tip as much as possible using Bitcoin. Um, you know, I support people like BitMEGS, who's here in the audience probably. By the way, if you don't know her, B-I-T-M-E-G-Z, she can do custom Bitcoin swag, anything you want. You show her the logos, you tell her what you want to put it on, she can do it, all of it. She's fantastic. Patronize her
5: business. Love yeah, that girl. you can get a Whoa. shut the fuck up, Phil, shirt from her.
0: Right? That's where you got that one? I do <laughs> want to, I want to set this out too.
5: Uh
9: Chris from Bitcoin Magazine. We're all on a on a basketball team in our town. She made us custom jerseys for uh, our basketball team too. Really awesome, dude. I'm
0: wear I'm wearing a hat with an embroidered Swan logo on it that she made because I don't like the trucker hats so much. They fit my head weird. I look like an idiot. Like these hats much better. She she custom man. She's, I was like, hey, can you do these hats? She's like, yeah, we can do these hats. Awesome. I don't know how I got off on that tangent but love bit love bit banks. so yeah authorities are struggling with this uh Larry Lapard said the other day somebody questioned him because he was trying to say hey you know we need to use it we need to spend it we need to j- create this uh parallel sort of economy so to speak in bitcoin um and then somebody re- answered him in the in the thread he's like aren't you worried about all having to keep track of every single little expenditure uh, and report all that to the IRS. And Larry's like, fuck them. Can you imagine trying to track the billions of transactions? He's like, if they want to mess with me over my 60-cent capital gain for my coffee this morning, fuck them, let them try. We need to o- overwhelm like these
10: good, people. Good luck with that, right? Finding all these transactions. Yeah. They, they They still have, you know, they still have mail from a year ago or more at the IRS. That they haven't even opened.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're so goddamn backed up and and like, you know, people are worried about, well, aren't they going to hunt you down for your 60 cent capital gain on your... I don't think so, guys. I don't and think I'd so. Like,
4: I just want to give everybody a quick heads up on how the IRS actually operates in this regard. Uh, if you owe them some money and you don't pay, they'll start sending you letters and eventually those letters will stop and the last one you'll get will say you have been sent over to the XYZ collection agency and they're going to be handling this from now on. So pay them. And then you'll start getting a bunch of letters from them for a little while, but they're not going to come knocking on your door. They don't have the resources either. And It all sounds scary and threatening until one day they just stop because they're never going to come after you for your $3,000 that you, they say you owe. And if they ever do, you go in and you go, Oh, geez, I'm so sorry. How much is it? Okay. Here, let me write you a check. So the risk the is super hand, small. Wait, and the penalty is also super small if they ever catch up to you, which is highly unlikely. To clarify, no, not financial advice. To, to clarify, just let you know how it works. You, you should pay your taxes. Just pay that you should pay. Uh, your I, did taxes, I ever please. say not to no, pay no. taxes? I'm just I did not say that. The audience. Absolutely, Absolutely. Yeah.
11: The audience.
0: You Relax. Pay let the man talk.
11: And the 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 other thing that they that they can and will do is if you're well connected to other people who are doing like really bad stuff just because like maybe a lot of people know you they'll use that as a leverage point to get you to cooperate with them to snitch on big people like you know maybe there's people doing like serious money laundering that you have done business with in the past stuff like that all those are like little leverage points for them to get to big people that they actually have huge priorities for so while that might be true they're not coming after you for three grand they could use that as a sticking point if you're well-known and, and people know you and, and you might have come in contact with somebody who's actually doing some really hardcore stuff. So just keep that in mind. And in general, I, yeah, I would tracked coffee purchases, but you should definitely pay your taxes.
0: That's the process. I'm not going to disagree with that. I, I think the point that Larry was trying to make is that there's no way as this thing goes to mass adoption, that they're going to be able to keep track of billions and billions of little transactions over lightning i mean just it's like a fool's errand completely agree just want
11: to add some additional color there
0: all right let's switch gears then something else doesn't look like uh russia's going to be turning the gas back onto europe so this just came out in the wall street journal Russia is going to cut Europe's gas flow via Nord Stream to 20%. They're blaming problems with the turbine. I don't think anybody actually believes that at this point. There's, the, the German ec- ec- economy ministry says, well, according to them anyway, that there's no technical reason for a reduction. Western leaders are preparing for the possibility that Russian natural gas flows through the key Nord Stream pipeline may not return to full levels. No kidding. I wonder. It's interesting timing, too,
11: because um, a large exporter of LNG is Texas, and two plants are down in Texas. So there's a surplus in the States that is not being able to be exported. So the price here at home is relatively flat. It was much higher. But because we can't export, and now given this interesting timing, uh, it's fascinating to see the world's energy commodity be used as a weapon, no
2: doubt.
10: Yeah, it's also true that um this could have impacts on global supply chains again, you know, towards wintertime when Germany's not able to produce what they produce in their you know, their contribution, if you will, to global supply chain. So I wouldn't be surprised if we don't have more, you know, issues again or piling on.
0: It's just uh another marker signpost in decentralization, in my view with countries sort of uh, disconnecting from each other. It used to be a, this massively interconnected global economy, still is to a large degree, obviously, but I just saw that China is is investing heavily in basic chip manufacturing now onshore.
11: Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. Those guys have tons of skilled, highly skilled labor, but the, the real linchpin right now is asml makes all the machines uh, and they refuse to sell them to china or any other sanctioned country so they're going to have to develop their own machines to do any competitive process nodes that stuff's going to take time but when it does happen that stuff's going to be extremely fascinating see how that plays out
0: who makes the machines
11: uh asml uh, i think they're a dutch company they make all the machines for tsmc and samsung for the really high level process
5: nodes you know back to the natural gas thing uh, as ant put out in a thread it's more than just the heating homes i mean natural gas is is an incredibly important feedstock for fertilizer which of course affects the entire um economy and and the you know food production is is uh Food production is is in is in trouble. the 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 mechanized food production in this world is um, is in for some shortages, and and the supply chain there is also going to be affected by this immensely. Yeah, a lot of people don't
1: realize you need that okay. ammonia from the natural gas to even make the fer- the nitrogen fertilizer.
5: And you have to have a steady supply, a steady feedstock of that. Otherwise, these these um, uh, production facilities they won't they're, they're they just will not operate without a uh, steady feed supply of those things.
7: Peter, and I don't know if you have any more insight into the LNG plant that exploded a couple months ago in Louisiana, and I understand there was another one around the Texas Panhandle. Uh, the the plant, uh, the facility in Louisiana, exported a lot of LNG to Germany and Europe, and obviously um, that could. Uh, impact us here because while we weren't exporting the LNG overseas, we were able to use it domestically. And so we could actually get pinched once that operation is up and running again here in the States as they start exporting the LNG back over to Europe. So I'm curious if you guys have any insight as to those facilities here that have, and that's excluding, by the way, the 90-something food production facilities that have caught on fire been bombed or slammed with uh prop airplanes um and then also how that nitrogen issue is going to um uh, be expounded by the new trudeau fertilizer plan up in canada and i think all of this stuff kind of ties together and might create a, a perfect storm here and in, in what is of the, the
0: trudeau fertilizer plan haven't heard of
7: basically that. the Basically, the, uh, uh, the and someone please hop in with more knowledge. But uh, he's going to put on blackface regarding nitrogen and he's going to do his little and dance, fertilizer.
5: and then that—that's what the plan is. It's a it's a thirty percent
7: fertilizer reduction plan that ties into ESG standards with respect to like nitrogen in the soil. Um, and it's very similar to what happened in the Netherlands and uh, was the catalyst for all those Dutch farming protests. That just happened a few days ago, Alex. Yeah,
11: that's interesting. So I only—I don't know about the Louisiana plant. I just know about the Freeport plant in Texas. It's just like an hour drive from here. That plant specifically is um, – so for those of you who don't know, gas basically runs through like a giant compressor to turn it into LNG, and that's what they export on ships. This plant in Freeport accounted for 20 percent of the total U.S. export capacity, which is about five percent of the global uh, capacity. So that being shut down is a huge problem for other. Thank you,
7: Marshall. That was the one I was trying to reference.
11: Yeah, I don't know about. Uh, I think there was another one. There's also another one coming up for EPA shut-in. I think in October they try to tell people that the companies tried to basically say like, "Hey, we shouldn't be shut in," whatever. Remains to be seen whether or not that's going to happen. I think they make a decision in August and then have 90 days to comply. So just because it's an older one. So if that doesn't go well. Is it shut one, in permanent? Yeah, because it's old and doesn't meet uh, air quality standards, that kind of stuff. So that may or may not be shut Didn't in. Didn't
0: the Supreme Court just rule that that um, the the EPA cannot make businesses shut down because of this stuff?
11: Yeah, not sure. I just know that specific place has been a hot topic of debate. Um, but yeah, a big thing with the LaPorte, uh, the the Freeport place is it's, I mean, it's huge. It's 13, they do like 14, 15 billion a year or something. It's it's, it's massive. It uh, should come back online in September, but they had a huge like vapor explosion. And, and so assuming that one does come back on, You'll see the excess capacity kind of bleed back out, and I was just looking at the futures market. They're already kind of pricing that in, so the price of net gas past September is like over ten bucks as far as the futures market goes so um, and Marshall, correct me if I'm not long, to...
5: isn't most of the isn't most of the net gas in the United States flared?
11: Yeah, a lot of it is not tapped into a pipeline, so in Texas specifically. A lot of the nat gas comes from an offshoot of oil. And so it's not, it's just not piped into anything. So there is a ton of stranded nat gas that's just flared off.
10: Yeah,
0: the, the entire uh, ESG narrative to, to shut down food production is pretty creepy. It's pretty creepy stuff. Well, you Alex know what I always say, the, uh, Alex, the, if, the
11: secret, if you're so woke, you're going to go broke. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah,
1: just I'll wanted throw, to add I'll that that.
7: I'll find that the, uh, I'll yeah. find a Dutch link and throw it up in the nest.
1: Thank you. I just wanted to add that that uh, Freeport facility, I mean, it's like close to 70% of, you know, all their exports over the last 90 days was, you know, to Britain, EU, I mean, to Marshall's point, like that's a, This is a pretty big deal. Ouch. But they still don't really have like a cause that they've published.
11: Yeah, I was just looking at that quote unquote cause up. And it just kind of vaguely said some kind of vapor leak that caused a fire in the middle of the plant, which is doesn't really match OSHA guidelines for (laughs) what should have happened. So. I think technically it's underway investigation still, which is... Uh,
7: and like I said, odd. there's been... There's been 90-something um, food production facilities in well, 2022.
0: Before, before we go into that, let, let's let's keep digging here a little bit. Um, does anybody know uh, what the estimates are and how long the plant will be offline?
11: Yeah, they're saying it'll come back up in mid-September, so whether or not that happens
0: tbd so two months month and a half Mm
5: -hmm. just in time for increased prices as uh winter is starting to uh, be on the horizon (laughs) isn't that coincidence thinking
0: that's what i was thinking you know as soon as uh ian said that it it supplied mostly europe i was thinking man there are no coincidences So, I mean, this is something that Jim Rickards taught me. He he's worked closely with the U.S. intelligence community, and and one of the like key tenets of intelligence analysis is there are no there are no coincidences.
3: An interesting note on that too is if the the dollar is getting stronger against all these other currencies too. So by the time it does come back online, and they're ready to buy um not going to not going to be good if the, if the if the dollar strength keeps in, increasing
0: and then, wow what
3: a yeah, bizarre yeah they don't care about
5: that they just print more money they they don't they don't give a shit about that
0: well what a bizarre global kind of mess right uh, and then you know we have bitcoin <laughs> which I don't know. That makes me happy. Good morning, Tomer.
8: Hey, good morning. <laughs> it doesn't sound, I just popped in now because I was on another call, but it doesn't sound like you guys are having such a great morning or that the world isn't having such a great yeah. time.
0: I mean, I'm good. having a freaking fantastic morning.
8: It's great. That's good. It it sucks to realize that you're upon on somebody on a game board of chess that somebody else is playing, but, I think for the same reason you just said, it's good to be able to say, I'm, I opt out of being a pawn in somebody else's game. I'm playing a different game. My game is called Bitcoin, and that gives you some freedom from some of how you're involved in it. But, but we also for the first our time own. in human
7: history, Tomer.
8: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty significant, and it's and it's kind of like this showdown, where. We, we are expected to obey the orders of the people playing the game. And suddenly the pieces on the chessboard are saying, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to sacrifice myself so that you can do this thing and that thing. I'm going to go my own way. You can imagine how startling it is to sound, someone who is used to manipulating and ordering around these pieces when they start yeah. getting a mind of their own
0: hundred percent reminds me of an exchange that I saw this morning where there was some journalist and in, in, I think it was in Canada where she was basically crowing about how the Canadian government is considering Bitcoin a potential threat to, I don't know if it said sovereignty or something like that. It, it, it was pretty, it used pretty heavy language. And then it went on to say that, uh, that the government had frozen like $7.8 million worth of Bitcoin and cash and like, she was getting heavily ratioed, you know. People are like, "Hey, that's not really how Bitcoin works." But there's one comment that I, that really stood out to me was like, "Can you imagine like how hard it must be for a statist who's accustomed to controlling all the humans, telling them what to do, taking their money anytime they want to, that all of a sudden those tools are taken away from them?" It's like, yeah, you can't do that anymore.
8: Well, this is not the first time that that's happened in history, but this is kind of the first time that it's happened in history that violence hasn't been the answer in either direction, right? Like in the past when people have said no, they've had to resort to violence. Or when the government has said yes, they've resorted to violence. And the thing with Bitcoin is it is this nonviolent approach. It's like, I'm doing Bitcoin, right? It doesn't take – I don't have to be violent to do Bitcoin. I can send you Satoshi's – And you can send them to me and we can play this game all we want. And there's no violence. The only energy that's being used is not force projection in a violent manner to destroy somebody else's thing. It's the use of energy to reinforce and secure the state of the game Uh, and to only allow legal moves in the game, which is you can only spend coins that you have. And so I think this is what's so profoundly revolutionary because it's hard to paint the other guy as a terrorist when all he's doing is playing a game of sending text messages back yeah. and
0: forth yeah it's non it's nonviolent resistance right it's the whole yeah
5: but violent. how how long is it before the violence that happens during the transition is blamed on bitcoin
0: yeah maybe sure. it will be that's but will it happened. but will it matter though in the end i don't
5: know no it won't matter but i mean you know it's just it's it's unfortunate that the, i i believe that's what's going to happen but, Peter, well, I mean, you know, in the you know, at the, at the of, peak of the, the Roman of
7: Empire, these... when things were going wrong, they would hang the Christians and torture them in the streets, right? And blame a lot of the problems. Some of them, if not a lot, yeah. of them, from the debasement of money. On the a Christian,
0: the Christians weren't armed, though.
12: Well, there.
0: <laughs> I'll just leave it did. at that. I'm not going to say <laughs> anything else. Tomer, what were you saying?
8: So I was going to say, I think in the eyes of some uh, of the people who are used to playing the game w- with other people's lives, they will view uh, Bitcoin as the scape—not not even just the scapegoat, like to try to blame it. They will view it as this is the thing that led to all the problems. Everything was going just fine. We kept bailing out ourselves. We kept kicking the can down the road, and then suddenly the road ended, and it ended at the same time that Bitcoin showed up. So it's gotta be the reason why the road ended, right? And for many of us, it's like, thank God Bitcoin showed up because they had kicked this can down as far down the road as it could possibly go. And it's come to a dead end and it's just not sustainable anymore. We keep getting poorer and poorer. We've been in a long, dare I say the word recession, so long that it's so long that we might even call it a depression in real terms. Maybe since 1971, we haven't really seen our incomes grow in any significant way. So there's two very different perspectives here. And there's a little bit of truth to both of them, because if Bitcoin hadn't been invented and we hadn't been given the option of exiting the broken system, we probably would have stayed on, gone down with the ship and, you know, and served a few more meals to our masters before the ship sank. And now we're like, fuck off. See you later. Good luck enjoy printing money and seeing uh, who will accept it. I I personally, you know, (laughs) I made a tweet yesterday. I personally, for me, there was kind of this final thing yesterday, just with that whole definition of recession thing. Like, if no words are going to mean anything, then I just can't take the lies of fiat anymore. And I said, like, I'm going to do everything I possibly can to never touch fiat in any instance where I can use Bitcoin in its place. And I'm going to... I, and I'm going to like have to put my money where my mouth is on this. I, I try hard already, but I got to try even harder because it mm-hmm. gives sanction to that kind of philosophy ruling over us to say, uh, don't don't worry. It's, and the, the number of people who cited various passages from 1984 yesterday was more than on a typical day, by like a, a hundred to one. You can't just keep changing the meaning of words and saying like, we're not in a recession because now what the word recession means is something different. So I don't want to belabor it if you've spoken about it before, because I can see it's in the title. But it's just like that for me, like of all the terrible things that have happened and then my inching along the way, this was one that just was the straw that broke the camel's back for me.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. I definitely agree with the more usage, the more the more actually spending your Bitcoin, guys. Some people I know Bitcoiners who are like, that's such a travesty. That's like blasphemy. You're going to hell for that. Now, you can buy it again. I mean, you know, spend it and replace it. That, that, that's a thing. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to be very uh, candid and and say that it, I get a little giddy, being honest, if uh, whenever Tomer curses, it's a very rare event. <laughs> and inside, just like... Very juvenile. He's such a... I mean, he's such a polite guy. Very rarely happens. All right. We're going to hit... Uh, some announcements and then we will uh, keep rolling here. Good morning. You are listening to Cafe Bitcoin. If you've never been here before, we talk about Bitcoin. We do it every day. This is a live show. We do it on Twitter Spaces. Uh, we start at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern, roll for about two hours, talk about all things Bitcoin. Um, it is also a podcast. If you can't catch the live show, you can get it on Fountain, Spotify, Apple, everywhere that you get your podcasts. You can throw myself or Swan Bitcoin a follow, be notified of when those drop. The Pacific Bitcoin Conference is coming up in November. You can go to pacificbitcoin.com. You can use promo code CAFE for 20% off of tickets. Uh, we do have a Telegram group now, by the way, if you want to join that for more information. Somebody was asking me, like, what are what are they going to be some of the, uh, the side events and stuff the week prior? Uh, my understanding, there's a whole schedule of stuff. It hasn't been published yet, but if you want to join that Telegram group, shoot me a DM. You can ask and collaborate in there of the different events that are going on. It'll be really cool. It's going to be a uh, true Bitcoiner event.
8: Can we, Alex, maybe do a side event? we'll get going, which is that reverse WEF thing, the few The, the reverse WEF, yeah yeah. yeah the I'm first the first ever Davos reverse bad. anti so bad
12: <laughs>
8: We don't recommend people live in pods, we don't recommend they eat bugs, we can have normal people come on and, <laughs> and advocate for leading a normal life
0: Yeah, actually I like that idea, that sounds good I, I wanted you to, I mean, I know you texted me about this, I wanted you to explain it to me by, by voice
8: so I, I just think to full have, to have, in in a sense, to start it as a satire of the of the WEF. It's just every, it's the anti wef It's the WEF backwards. We are the few, and yes. and uh, to, I don't know if people want to make fun of Klaus Schwab directly or the other lunatics who appear on on their panels, uh, but to to just be reasonable. And yeah. to be natural and normal and, and to maybe get some uh, some publicity for it and to maybe see it grow. But these people deserve to be satirized, mocked, and rejected. And uh, what better time than to have our own conference, which we don't fly into on private jets. Maybe we'll be yeah,
7: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's talk more about that for sure. Nathan, tell us more about uh, Pacific Bitcoin. Hey,
13: good, good morning, morning, guys. Yeah, I'm just here grinding away. We're working on the programming, uh, the partners, the panels, uh, the speaker lineup, um, which is still we've got some heavy hitters who haven't even been announced yet, which I am super excited for. But I want to paint the picture a little bit more. It's going to be in L.A. uh, at a place called the Barker Hangar. So it's not going to be in a billion square foot convention center where you're just a minnow lost in a giant ocean and you can't talk to any of your favorite, you know, Bitcoiners, speakers. Um it's the Barker Hangar, basically, uh it's it's where like the Grammy Awards have been, like the MTV movie awards, NBA Awards. Um it's it's a really cool venue. The thing about it, it it's it's gonna be more accessible. You know, you're gonna be able to actually meet these people and, and carry on conversations and, and, uh, just have, have access. And there's going to be, I mean, there's, there's a huge space outside to 85,000 square feet. Uh, we're going to have basketball court out there, uh, surf simulator, food trucks, um, just an experience. We're going to have giant screens out there as well. So you can sit, check out the ocean and enjoy the the California weather in November, uh, while you take in, uh, you know, your favorite Bitcoin speakers or, or all the the education going on on the panel. So, I'm just really excited. I mean, I wake up every day. I'm just stoked to uh, to help plan this thing. And um, would love everybody to join the Telegram group. It is uh, it's popping off. I don't I don't have the link right now, but I'm sure someone can share it. But um, for all the info, and, and there is still that promo code. Alex said, "So uh, I'm excited to meet everybody in November at Pacific Bitcoin."
0: Yeah, me too. It'll be the first time we get to meet Nathan, which I'm I know looking
13: forward to. I'm, I'm excited. For those who um, are wanting to join the Telegram,
9: it is now uh, posted up in the nest. So just go over there, hop in that, and, and thank
3: you guys.
0: So t dot uh, me forward slash pack bitcoin t dot me forward slash pack bitcoin. That's the Telegram group. All right. So this is an item that we've been talking about in this space uh, for some time uh, in that we have anticipated that, well, I have anyway, uh, speculated others have too, that at some time, there was going to be something was going to happen like in the, in the regulatory space, as far as all the shit coins were concerned. Gensler was um, talking about it basically all year last year, building up, you know, a a sort of foundation saying that most things are considered securities that are not Bitcoin. And uh, I have thought that for a long time that eventually something was going to be done. Didn't know what it was going to be, but at some point, there would be some kind of enforcement actions or fines or whatever. And um, recently, Gensler said that they're really focused on the uh, the exchanges. And there's just been all this drama between the SEC and, and FinCEN and CFTC and the various different regulatory agencies that are kind of I don't know if there's regular capture, regulatory capture going on, whether there's special interests that that are kind of inserted their way into that, um, or whatever the case may be. But so it just came out today that the SEC is is launching an investigation into Coinbase, uh, saying that it ha- it may have illegally sold unregistered securities, and it's not just base they're they're trying to go after binance but the problem with binance for the sec is is that there's nowhere there's no there's no uh entry vector to attack um they're trying to go after binance in the philippines saying that they've got an office there but binance is saying yeah we have no office there um but they're, they're i mean they're they're getting after it um I guess Binance has, has been offering many types of crypto products, including spot trading, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we believe these products are in the, in the nature of securities, which under SEC rules may not be sold or offered for, for distribution within the Philippines without a registration state. So they're trying to uh, go after if they can. But uh, I mean, this thing with, with Coinbase is a big deal. I think it marks an important point. Um yeah, what do you guys think?
8: It looks like the SEC is finally coming out punching it 's like they' finally after all these threats, you know it was like a boxing match. There was all this posturing and talking and trash talking and they 're finally starting to take some action they 're pursuing individuals who did who committed insider trading they 're pursuing uh, they're they 're making some progress in pursuing the issuers of coins. Which, which is the XRP case, which was kind of the first battle, and now they 're going after the exchanges that are listing all of these unregistered securities and offering trading and generally acting as the exit liquidity providers of of retail losers who are the exit liquidity for these guys so we 'll see we 'll see where it goes, but it is a it 's definitely an offensive move
11: well and it 's going to be interesting too to see all the fallout from all these other altcoin projects that are blatant securities that, you know, have h- had some lawyer convince them that they don't, that they pass the Howey, that they don't pass the howie test, and all these other things. So um, the, the precedent here beyond if, if Coinbase does get, look, they're going to get fined no matter what, that's just what the SEC does. But assuming that there's actual an actionable item I think it's going to be a big precedent setting for everybody and everybody's platform who allows people to make securities. Like basically every other platform is either security or hosts securities, right? So that's interesting to see what kind of comes down the pipe after that, in my opinion.
8: Well, their lawyers will be seeking to redefine what a security is in the same way that the White House is seeking to redefine what a recession is. And so, the how we test will be challenged is obsolete or various words. And I
11: think that's a good thing. You know, I, I think it is obsolete. I mean, this shit's from the 30s. You know, I'm, I'm not saying I'm in, in favor of any of these altcoin projects, but at the same time, the securities laws are deprecated at best. And at worst, they're completely irrelevant. Yeah,
8: it's a, I mean, it, it's an interesting. It's an interesting debate as to how obsolete they might be, or if they're obsolete, or if there's just a standard principle that was encoded in um, in the Howey test. But you know, I mean, a big, big discussion could certainly be had about that.
2: Were there were there
3: specific you know alts that were called out in there? And and I, if there are, I wonder if Coinbase just cuts those and and you know just gets rid of them to avoid any headaches, uh,
8: and then hopefully you see that list grow. Well, that, that's why Coinbase can't actually use that strategy, because it's, it's the thin edge of the wedge. If they acknowledge that any coin named by the SEC, it must be delisted without uh, contesting it, then the SEC will just name all the coins, and Coinbase will be out of business. So they know they have to make their stand here.
1: The question I have with something like this is, how do they, like, is this, I, I don't understand how it works, but... Like, are they also defining these as securities at the same time? Like, isn't that what the whole XRP big lawsuit and all that other stuff is? Like, this seems like kind of a backdoor way of using Coinbase and saying, like, these are securities.
8: Well, I think this is, this is an attempt to enforce their mandate on yet another front. they have they have a number of potential fronts on which to fight this war if you want to use that analogy and and it's always been speculated that they would come after the exchanges because they can't go after twenty thousand individual petty criminals they need they need to find a choke point where they can get a whole lot of them and of course the exchanges are where they all liquidate and monetize so it's it's been a long time coming i don't think anyone's surprised that this is coming if anything it's surprising that it's taken this long
3: well that's the attack vector for anything right and that's the attack vector for bitcoin even is the on and off ramps you know pe- getting people on and off until people are earning bitcoin the the attack vector for the regulatory agencies are the on and off ramps
0: Yeah, I would point out that that's one of the reasons that Swan hasn't touched any of those things. I mean, it's a Bitcoin-only company. It's not an accident.
8: Needed to happen. Like every one of these things, this is, I'm, I'm just speaking up because nobody else has said anything, but if someone else has something to say, please cut me off because I decrypt crypto. Every one of these things, Bitcoin and all the cryptos, have to demonstrate that they can withstand every kind of attack conceivable and survive it, including state level attack, regulatory agency attack. And nobody's really bothered to attack any of these altcoins. Certainly not at the state level, right? It has been a Bitcoin mining ban, a Bitcoin exchange ban, a Bitcoin this ban, a Bitcoin that ban, and now as as more and more individuals start to see, well, hold on a minute, there's been some pretty awful stuff perpetrated outside of Bitcoin. It's been Celsius and Luna, and I could <laughs> I forget the names of all, three arrows Capital. And just goes on and on and all the coins that have gone to zero and all the rug pulls in DeFi. Maybe we should be attending some of our attention there. And are these things immune to state-level attack? It seems very, very unlikely uh, that, that they would be for a whole bunch of reasons, both technical and political. And so at the end of the day, these things either exist solely at the pleasure of the state or they don't exist if the state chooses for them not to which is not true of Bitcoin. Let me play devil's advocate
11: here. In my opinion, <clears throat> I think you should be able to invest in whatever you want to. If you want to play the fucking casino, play the casino, just know what you're going to do. I mean, people gamble all the time. I think like less regulation is always better, in, in my opinion. And this is just you know, the government doing government things. And, and I think in general, that's that's not a good thing. No, I'm not a fan of altcoins, but uh look if you're dumb enough to fall for a scam, you should lose your money. That's just like the capitalistic way, right? I think if you try to scam people out of money, you should also, you know, face the the consequences that come with that. But the other problem with securities laws is it's it's really, you know, an issue that it bars regular people, people that are well intentioned, people that are smart, it bars them from participating. At the table, because there's all these accreditation requirements, which, I mean, frankly, for most people are are hard to hit, you know, and I know they're changing the laws frequently, but still, you know, if I've got 10 grand in my name and I want to invest a couple hundred bucks into a private equity round of a company, like, why should I have to show that, you know, I'm worth a million dollars and all these other kind of stupid things, but I just want to partake casually. If I feel like I'm smart because I've YouTube, whatever, right? So I think in general, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword that they're they're doing this because I think if you just take Bitcoin and, and just shit coins in general out of the picture, it's it's not a good thing that they are telling people what they can and can't put their money in because I see it as a barrier to entry, which is BS.
3: But but the problem is that the marketing around all the shit coins, right? It, 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 they're not marketing as a casino. When you go into a casino, you know you're going in there to blow some money. Maybe you get lucky. Maybe you don't, right? There's a thrill to it, what have you. But all these shit coins are marketing themselves as something they're not. They're not solving a problem. They're marketing as some solution to a problem that doesn't even exist. And so people are getting suckered into that. That's what I've got the problem with. Like, I agree 100%. Let people gamble their money away as much as they want. But... There's gotta I mean, and I'm not saying the state is a way to punish it, but there's gotta be a way to punish the these people that are scam scamming everybody
0: well, there is a yeah. way yeah there is a way and it's and it's happening so i I agree with both marshall and and Gary like a I believe in the free market, I think and like we were saying before, it's gonna sort itself out the market will figure it out. the market will figure out we'll pick the winners, right, just like it did in the dot com boom. There's going to be winners. The market's going to pick them. I think it's already obvious who the winner is. However, you know, that's all right. But at the same time, somebody breaks the law, somebody does something where they're literally defrauding people of money. There are uh, means of going about making sure that that gets taken care of. i
3: about yeah.
7: it. Yeah. And just to piggyback on all this, as a primer for securities laws, right? I mean, these. The, the existing securities laws in America were drafted in 33 and 34. And so um, the definition of a security is left intentionally broad to be all-encompassing, to where you can assume that everything is, in fact, a security unless an exception or an exemption applies. And that's everything. the build-in. Yeah, it's literally as wide of a net as possible when it comes to anything that resembles an investment contract. Uh, also known as a security ah, and that's an the investment gives. contract
0: i got you got you got you all right yeah i mean i was the, gonna say that's a giver. rabbit hole we can we could we could dive deep on which we're not going to and the reason why
7: no, we're not going to
0: <laughs> the reason why is i am incredibly excited to have a pretty awesome feature guest today we've got will reeves from fold good morning will how you doing man
9: Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Cafe Bitcoin. Good to be here.
0: I'm glad you could make it and welcome. Uh, I am a Fold user. Been using it for a while. uh, So I'm pretty excited to dig into this conversation. I know a lot of people in here are for people who aren't. Well, you're going to hear about it. And in my opinion, it's pretty cool. I like it. Um, Well, this is the first time I think I've had a chance to, if I recall correctly, I think this first time we've, we've had a chance to have you up here. So for people who don't know you, don't know about your background, you wanna tell us a little bit about your your kind of story with, with Bitcoin, et cetera, and then what sort of led up to Fold?
9: For sure, yeah. Um, you know, my Bitcoin journey was pretty circuitous. Um, I had been working in the Bay Area in, in tech for a while, uh, you know, building all kinds of things for the, you know, the Googles and, and starting my own kind of fiat startups but in the background my life was pretty much connected with bitcoin in various ways i'd I'd been uh, pretty involved in occupy wall street managing um, uh, donations in in bitcoin for some of our groups uh was spent some time down in argentina and got to see actually how that was seriously benefiting some of the people i was living with down there the, some of them had the balls to YOLO into Bitcoin when their currency was devaluing you know, hundreds of percent in a given year uh, and provided them a serious life raft. Um, I saw it being used as remittances when I was growing up uh, in the Sonoma Valley. Uh, there was a group down from Berkeley who came up and showed the migrant workers how they could be sending Bitcoin back home. Uh, to their families and so bitcoin was just something that had been popped up in so many ways providing such absolutely powerful use cases and it just seemed like it wasn't having the attention in the circles that i thought or at least it wasn't having the attention in the ways that i thought very much a uh, purely a speculative uh, use case um, and so really with fold i was able to meet some like-minded people who wanted to solve the problem how can we make Bitcoin more accessible or get Bitcoin into the hands, more importantly, of more people to start them on their Bitcoin journey. The best, the best way to get people started is to give them Bitcoin and then to educate them on Bitcoin. And then the more they're educated, the more they know, the deeper they go down the rabbit hole. And it's been pretty incredible to watch Fold grow over the past years from an app that allowed you to you know, spend Bitcoin on chain at Starbucks and now to something that, you know, we're, we're cl- approaching on a million people being able to earn Bitcoin on their everyday purchases and, you know, really Fold's journey has kind of mimics a lot of the narratives around how Bitcoin has grown, how people think about it and their changing attitudes towards what it is for and how it can be used and improve people's lives. So uh, it's been definitely one hell of a journey. And, and a thank you, Alex, for, for coming along for the ride for a little bit
0: yeah for sure for sure so when did when did fold start
9: fold our initial app actually i believe was in 2015 uh when the initial iteration came out it was a simple web app uh, that allowed you to uh, buy amazon or buy a starbucks purely a starbucks gift card um with your on-chain bitcoin we had some integrations with wallet early wallets like uh, airbits and and uh uh, even Edge Wallet for a bit and some others. And we've had to kind of rethink, you know, we, you know, going, starting from that time, you know, we, we saw many different Bitcoin cycles happening, come and go, you know, Bitcoin, you know, I get a lot of questions from people these days about, you know, how does it feel to go, you know, run a startup through um, kind of a macro cycle that's going on a downturn right now. And I said, well, you know, we've been actually doing this for many years. We've been through several cycles already. So being a, a Bitcoin startup Uh, I think uh, tests your mettle very early and allows you to um, uh, understand how these cycles work and how to create a business that thrives in both the bulls and the bears. And so it was started early as a web app. Uh, We actually had to uh, shut it down for a while Uh, during one of the downturns. You figure when, when Bitcoin goes down, people tend to not spend their Bitcoin. And so our primary use case kind of evaporated. We saw volumes tumble 90 plus percent and had to rethink our ways. And really, that's what led us to rethinking and saying, hey, let's flip it. Um, let's let's continue to support the medium of exchange use case. But let's solve the first thing. More people need to have Bitcoin in their hands faster. And so we we, we kind of refigured Fold into a rewards app that allowed us to distribute Bitcoin en masse uh, very, very quickly. I
0: love it. All right. So explain to people who aren't familiar, what, what is it? Like, how does it work? How do you, um, how do you use it? What do you get, et cetera?
9: It's uh, fold is cash back, but we give you Bitcoin. So you can, uh, you download the fold app, you can add a dev, your own debit card or your own credit card or your own lightning wallet. And you can buy essentially vouchers or cash, uh, branded cash from various stores, gift cards, and you'll earn a percentage back in Bitcoin. So, you know, Amazon uh, uber Starbucks uh, DoorDash, you name it some of these is you know up to 10 fifteen percent so it's it's pretty hefty you'll one of my favorite things that we see is people will come to us and say hey this uh, this uh, pair of golf clubs I bought a couple of years ago now paid for itself with the increase in bitcoins uh, value and so one of our models is everything you buy will eventually be free and so we started with Just a simple rewards app, buy gift cards, earn cash back, uh, whether you're spending with Lightning or with fiat. And that kind of led us to, hey, let's take this to the next level, which we uh, launched a debit card with a related checking account that allowed you to earn cash back on everything you do and everywhere you spend. And so now we have thousands of people earning Bitcoin on everything from their coffee all the way on up to their mortgage payments, which is... uh, taking a lot of sats off the table every single day. Fold is I love 24, it. A 24-7 buyer of sats, regardless of I love
12: of the it. I'm very enthusiastic
0: about this concept, man. I love it. Um, you know, I used to be one of these Bitcoiners who's like, I'm never going to get rid of a single Satoshi until it's like a million per Bitcoin. And then um, Tomer <laughs> helped me out with this a handful of months ago. He's like, hey, you know, you could tip people. And I got, I started doing that. And then I started, I started, uh, spending more Bitcoin for smaller things. I think it's fantastic. I think it's awesome, but you know, there's still, we all still live in this mostly fiat world, right? Where you spend fiat money. And if you're going to be spending money, you might as well get Sats back while you're doing it. And for those of you who might be, um, who, who might have some questions about this and, and, and be skeptical, I'm telling you it works. It's, it's pretty cool. You can get gift cards to all kinds of different things. And uh, that's where I think uh, for me, that's where the magic happens, but also like I have the card, I've used it. Like I've gone on road trips where I'm buying gas with the card and I'm getting sats back every single time I pump gas, things like that. It's pretty cool.
9: Yeah, I think uh, it's, there's nothing better than earning sats on your purchases. And I would say, I'd say it's almost even better when you're spending sats and earning sats back. You know, one, one of the things we tried to do initially was look at, okay, what is the problem with spending Bitcoin right now? You know, we were, we, you know, there was, Fold was definitely on the side of, hey, uh, Bitcoin is more than just a savings asset. It is a wonderful savings asset. It is, it is achieved product market fit in that area. Now, where else can Bitcoin go? And so we really were focusing on, well, how do we, what are the barriers to entry to making Bitcoin a great asset to spend? Well, there were a couple things. Number one, UX was not great. When we had our first app, you had to wait 10 minutes for confirmations to buy your Starbucks gift card. And instead of, and so not only were you holding up the line, now you were actually opting out not to spend your fiat, which would have earned you cash back on that purchase, So we had two things against us. We had UX problem. We also had a rewards problem. The third thing was, well, it's also a taxable event. And so Fold really had tried to, hey, let's take these challenges one by one and create a solution for it. The first UX solve was, hey, let's immediately adopt and be a very early adopter of the Lightning Network. And so we created an experimental website called ln.pizza to say, hey, we can create a a far superior checkout experience based on the lightning network than even a credit card or a debit card can solve. Number one, it's faster. Number two, there's no exchange of personal information. Uh, and number three, the merchant has no counterparty risks. There's no fraud risk. That's excellent 10 X improvement in user experience. The second was rewards. Well, Hey, if I'm taking the time to actually spend my Bitcoin, I should be rewarded because merchants are saving on processing they're saving on fraud, anti-fraud. And so what should happen is I should be as the merchant, as the consumer, rewarded for making that purchase. And, and merchants should incentivize me to do that. And so we were uh, the first to add rewards to Bitcoin purchases. So you would spend on your Bitcoin and earn that back. So again, we we shorten the gap between that question of why should I send my spend my Bitcoin. Now the other one is a little bit harder of the taxable event. You know, there's a couple solutions for it. Uh, but there's really no non-custodial solution for it. You cannot actually ever spend your Bitcoin and escape a taxable event. That's just not something that happens yet. Um, but there are some clever solutions out there right now. And also, I think just today we saw another bill hit the uh, hit the um, being proposed that would have a day-minimumist exemption that would further close this gap. And I think that's the last remaining linchpin to totally obliterating the argument of why why you shouldn't be spending your sats and why you shouldn't be living on a 100% Bitcoin standard.
0: So when I think one of the uh, brilliant things I think you guys have done is that spin wheel thing. That's pretty smart.
9: <laughs> it is <laughs> it is one of the most surprising things. You know, we also know and have learned from the, the world of, uh, you know, fiat and, Um, that an important thing is to enter into people's muscle memory to enter into create a social phenomenon. And the spin wheel has successfully done that it has driven, you know, over 95% of people who, who are using the card opt to spin. And that spin alone has been responsible for bringing in and increasing our referral rates, bringing in more and more people because people are like, "What the hell are you doing?" Yeah, and, it's and great. It brings more people in. Whether you're at the checkout line of the grocery store or you're doing it with your family, it creates a ritual around Bitcoin. And that we, it's we naturally
0: that. viral too, and like, like it starts conversations. Like, I, I can't tell you the number of times where, like, I'll buy something with the card, right? And then I'm like, I'm on the app spinning. And my girl is like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, I'm spinning. And she gives me a hard time about it every time, but I can't help it because it's like, for those of you who don't know what the hell we're talking about, if you do a transaction with the fold card, you have an option to hit in the app on the phone. You can hit this thing where it's like a wheel, like a wheel of fortune kind of wheel. And it spins around and there's all these different options as to what you can get. But some of the options are pretty cool. You can get like, sometimes it's 1%, sometimes it's 0.25% back and sets. You could win an entire bitcoin and then, then i mean for me that's why i'm spinning i'm like she's like why do you keep doing that i'm like because i want to win the bitcoin damn it
9: hey man my, my favorite thing was uh, we got someone writing in to us saying hey has anyone actually ever won that bitcoin and we responded saying yeah you know 15 people had at that time and then we get another winner about a couple of weeks later and that same guy writes back and he says wow my friend just won the Bitcoin. I believe you guys now. And he showed me the yeah. on-chain transaction. So it's it, it well, really guess is a thing.
0: You guys have given away, I guess, something like two hundred and two Bitcoin so far.
9: Yeah, that thing is actually very much under counting. It's only actually we, we looked at that the other day. Someone's like, someone checked that and it's only accounting for a portion of the rewards going out. You know, Fold is is on a set, per second basis is a buyer of Bitcoin and is constantly churning out to our new users and you know the best part is is in- usage increases remember when i said our first application actually went in the bear markets the usage went down by 90% it was devastating for a business our our business has been increasing 30% month over month the last two months in, in since this bear market mm-hmm. has started and so you can see that number one it's a, it's a reflection of how ed- that our user base is becoming more and more educated, that Bitcoiners who are around and who, who, who have been around just a little bit and have learned about this asset at all know that downturns and bear markets are the best time to be a Bitcoiner ever. These are the, these are the times that create massive stacks that completely change the opportunity that you had and gives a lot of people a great window to, to, to get their foot in the door.
0: It's also when you figure out whether you have a real company or not, right? It's great. I think it's a great thing.
9: I think it's good all around. It's uh, it's it's certainly one of those things that, as it, you start to see it happen, it definitely takes you aback, kind of gulp a bit, but um, you quickly see that hey, what's what's ultimately happening is the market is incentivizing good businesses, it's incentivizing revenue, it's incentivizing sustainability, which ultimately, you know, in the in the if you looked even three months before this crash happened. The market was incentivizing uh, absolute growth at all costs without any sustainable revenue models. And that creates a lot of noise in the air. It creates a lot of unnecessary competition. It increases prices for acquisition. And so, you know, you're exactly right. This is the time to celebrate.
0: Yeah, it's exciting. All right, we're gonna start opening this up. We've got some questions from my crew. Um, and I'm, if you're in the audience, anybody on the panel, you're welcome to ask questions If in the audience. You wanna come up and ask a question. Uh request to come up. We'll bring you up. You can ask your question. You can also ask a question in chat um, in our telegram groups, t.me forward slash cafe, Bitcoin club. That's t.me forward slash cafe, Bitcoin club. Check that out. Put your question in there if you want to. Um, and uh, we'll dig in further. I know a bunch of people probably have, have some questions for you. Well, let's start with Shane. I think Shane, you had your hand up first
10: yeah hey good morning thanks for being on uh, first of all I'll just say <clears throat> I love the app my uh, youngest daughter you know is always like did you spin the wheel today you know sometimes she wants to spin it and all that so you know it's really cool um, question I have a question that's very specific you know I do use the the app I know like for Amazon for example there's two options and I'm still learning how to use this there's one that says um you know I guess just Amazon and another one says fold Card is one of those where if you where the where it says card, I guess that's if you use uh, it and put it on like the debit card or whatever, and then have that and use that as payment. That's I don't understand. Okay.
9: Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Uh, To be honest, it's just a a a poor UX quirk (laughs) that we have that we probably could improve. But really what it is, it's a, because there's a totally separate thing with you. If you haven't, for people who don't know, if you have the full debit card, uh, you get 5% guaranteed back at Amazon on their gift cards, and then you get to spin on top of that. And so that's a totally separate option. Now, if you're spending yeah. with lightning or anything else, you you use that other option. I believe
10: it's 1.5 right now, I think. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. One other thing I just want to comment on, and that, that makes it really clear on that. Um, just you know like alex uh, i actually had not really used it much for you know putting money on a debit card but i used it exactly for the same thing that alex was talking about when we were traveling to get get gas and it's actually kind of fun you know you immediately get a notification hey you can spin the wheel and you get you know extra spins and i actually i think had one or two and so i didn't i'm like i'm going to go for it i'm going to see if i get something better you know so i, I, I spun again <laughs> So, it's, do, you know it's like, it's like it's do you know what's hilarious about the spin wheel? It's gambling, exactly.
0: I was just gonna say, like, my, my girl is like, you know, that's like a marketing gimmick, right? I'm like, yeah, I know, but it's
12: awesome.
9: <laughs> this is this is really it, you know, like the spin wheel has certain degen elements to it. But, you know, when we're talking in this whole space of, of, you know, with all the noise of crypto and DeFi around you, you know, what Bitcoin. Ultimately, what we're trying to do is we're trying to make it fun. You know, I believe Bitcoin is one of the most serious inventions ever created. It is something that has massive implications on people's lives. It will change the world in very significant ways, some in uncomfortable ways. But what Fold is trying to be in a brand that we have is like, hey, this process can be fun. Like we, we can actually still have fun getting rich together. We can have fun changing the world together. And we don't always need to leave that bit behind. And so I think it's just the right little drop of degeneracy into something that is ultimately pushing forward a very, very serious topic. So I'm glad you enjoy it. It's it certainly is a has been a force
1: for growth for us.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's go with Ant next.
1: Thanks, Alex. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Will. Um, nice work on Fold. Can you talk a little bit about the privacy, you know, of of the app? You know, I how you're storing the uh, you know user information as far as these purchases being linked. If they if I have my Sats here and I send it to my cold storage wallet, you know, how's that going? Are you deleting this stuff after a while, um, like other Bitcoin companies have have said that they're doing? Um, and then also. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about uh, the camera features or functionality on this metaverse app where, you know, you're like kind of, you know, using this AR system on your phone, Um, you know, yeah, what's your privacy like over there? Like, what's your focus? How's it work?
9: Yeah, we, we're firm believers in what I think, you know, one of the things about being a Bitcoin company is to not just, you're not just slapping Bitcoin onto something and now you're a Bitcoin company. I think from the ground up, you have to think how, what service you're offering and how you're doing that. And so Fold takes that pretty seriously. And the way that we have chosen to do it is Bitcoin is voluntary. Bitcoin is opt-in. And so every single thing you do in Fold, you have the, you have the choice to kind of gauge how much privacy you want. If you want to go for the most privacy, what you're going to end up doing is, as you should, is you should be downloading the app and you're a full Lightning user, which I believe you just need an email address, spin up a Proton email, and you can start spending there. Nothing is tracked. Um, There is zero information about where this, where uh, payments are coming from, uh, where where you're using that gift card, we have no idea. It's actually one of the, the best privacy packs out there and should kind of get out of the kind of modern point of sale system because it breaks, it doesn't carry a chain of data across the different payment methods. You're spending your sets that's coming to fold. We just see that the the payment come through. You're then given a gift card that is not attached to you from there. You can go spend at a merchant. That merchant does not know that that gift card is yours, unless you have an account with them and you're loading it into your account. So Those various Uh, things that break up the traditional chain of surveillance that happens pretty regularly with, um, you know, the modern payment infrastructure. The second is, Hey, let's, I just want to bring my own debit card. I just want to have a proton email, but I want to spend fiat. I don't want to spend my stats. from there. You know, you're already have been KYC would for your specific debit card, or maybe you're using a prepaid card that you bought on, um, uh, you know, privacy.com and you have loaded that in to get some extra privacy considerations and then with if you want to take it to the next level and you want to even earn any more, even more sats you know you're going to opt into the fold card and that does have traditional KYC process cuz we actually provision you with a full FDIC insured checking account and so per banking regulations we have to do this if we want to offer that service we have to do that to remain compliant but the point of fold is that you get to choose which option you're going down. And then um, so it's again, all opt-in. you can you can gauge your level of of uh, uh, engagement with the product, which has different privacy concerns, considerations, and different benefits. This, the last thing that you said there is the the AR experience. So one of our um, developers, Built this as a kind of side project during our hacks hackathons. Hey, we're hiring. We're actually hiring some engineers right now. Uh, every second month, every other Monday, essentially is yours. You can you can hack something together. You can contribute to open source. You can do your laundry. You can go to the doctor, or you can just work. One of our developers actually built this little AR app. Essentially, he was a big Pokemon Go fan, and so he built this AR app. You can open up your camera, and you can find Sats around you. Now, how do you build an AR app that has privacy has privacy considerations? Well, number one, you can't have any geolocation. So D, if you'll notice, you can actually open it up and it, it randomly generates sats around you. It's not tied to any geos. Number two, it's actually not tied to any the environment around you. So it's not actually getting data about what's around you. You can actually cover up your camera and the sats are appearing around you anyway. It's pretty much just overlaying it around you. So again, just a, a fun little thing for you to stack stats or get extra spins if you're in trouble and you want to get an extra spin. And so none of that is collected. We don't see it. Um, and really it's again, something that's a hundred percent opt-in. You can choose not to use it. And if you don't, you just don't give camera permissions there. And you go about your day and the uh, stack stats on other ways would fold. But again, it's about preserving your choice to opt in to what level of privacy you want to maintain and balance that with the, the other benefits and benefits that you can get.
1: Yeah, thanks for your answer. I was, you know, when you first turn on that AR app, I, you always get a little nervous. Like if I'm, if I'm going to go by my like computer screen or something looking for Sats, is it going to be recording or streaming like my, you know, whatever, my passwords or whatever that I'm doing, my name, my location. So, thanks for answering all of that.
4: Who's next? Well,
9: Surfer, I guess you're up, man. And then uh, Tomer, and uh, what's going on, Terence and Mitchell? So. All
4: right, uh, Will. Uh, great to hear you. Um, looking forward to hanging out again one of these days soon. Hopefully, you'll be at Bit Block Boom. Uh, I would just like to make a couple comments and I do have one interesting question. At least I think it's interesting. Uh, The fold card is awesome. I use it all the time. I buy everything through it. When you spin the wheel, there's a whole strategy. If you look up the um, statistical likelihood of getting any one of the wedges on the wheel, and then you look at how many spins you have available, you can figure out what's the best way to use those spins. It's like totally like a game, totally fun. Um, I've gotten millions of sats back in the last year and a half. So thank you guys so much for creating this. Uh, I never cared about a rewards points card on a a credit or debit card until this thing, because the amount of money I spend is absurd and I get sats back every day. So, Will, my question is this, I've been doing this for a while. I've watched the interface change. The wheel changes a lot, the, the odds, the different gifts, uh, you know, prizes that you can win. Um, I speak with uh, Matt all the time over Discord. I give him a lot of feedback about my experiences. And um, he and I have talked about the different levels of users. That is, the people that spend a lot and buy large, uh, that run large purchases through the card, and the people who don't. And I have a sense that there's a lot of people spending little dollar amounts and that maybe you guys need to cater to them more Uh, Because I feel like sometimes um, I'm not being catered to with the amount of money I spend. And Matt seems to think that I'm maybe in a minority. I was just wondering if you had any metrics um, as to the usage of the card, what you see happening, patterns, uh, you know, in terms of the amount of money people spend. uh, And then are there going to be like, do you guys have a roadmap for somehow creating incentives for everybody at any level uh i'm sure you're always talking about it. i'm just curious what's behind the scenes and then talk to us about the credit card that you guys have mentioned you might be bringing online one of these days i'd like to hear about that as well so thank you very much
9: jim great to hear from you i will see you in austin um so i think you'll be glad to hear Fold basically has a slack channel dedicated to jim's uh feedback updates, feature requests that go straight to the team that everyone gets to comment on because uh, number one, it brings amazing feedback, um, but also is genuinely a, a essentially a, one of our perfect users. So you ask like, what, what are people, how do people use the full card? And there's generally three categories of people. There's people who use it uh, for a few small purchases a week. There's people who go all in regardless of if it's their coffee or their mortgage payment, And then there's people who essentially use it to pay off one or two bills a month. And uh, what this means is when you have a variable reward system, you can kind of cater the, 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 the rewards can be uh, sometimes beneficial and sometimes, you know, let's say harmful to certain groups. If you change, and we're always learning how to create the best possible experience for the most people and the best users. And so obviously our favorite users are the ones who say, hey, Fold's how I spend everything. It's down to uh, my coffee and up to my mortgage. And so that is the group that we really try to cater the incentives to. But what we've learned is you can very quickly tweak some odds and then it has some unknown effect on one side. And so it's something that we've learned quite a bit. We've actually had to bring our are bringing on uh stats folks um quant people to help model this better because we need to get better at it because we are about to launch in the next quarter kind of a major update to the game itself specifically to match what jim said how do we create something that is customized to your type of spending behavior that makes sure that the game you're playing is optimized for you so that we don't get into these situations where we make one change for one group that hurts another group. And so essentially, we just got to get smarter. We're early. You know, again, we started as just a Bitcoin company giving rewards, and now we're suddenly having to figure out, you know, all of this about how do we use this data and incentives and statistics to make sure that we are making a full experience that's very fun. And so, Jim, I will let you know that your team will actually be getting in, in touch with you about those updates, because I think we have some great ideas and stuff on the roadmap to, uh, to fix that for you.
4: Yeah, I would love to just give the team my direct feedback of all the different experiences I've had, uh, because there's so many little things that may or may not be on your radar. So I would love the interaction whenever it's, uh, you know they're available. I'd be more than happy to contribute. So I love that. And if you don't mind, uh, I asked about the credit card. I know you guys have been talking about a bitcoin back credit card, which I would love to see. Uh, any updates on that that you could share with us? Yeah, we got... Quite a
9: quite a full roadmap you know what do our users want well 60 percent of our users say they want to switch their bitcoin buying to fold uh so what you're going to see is probably something on that feature come to fold uh, over the next several months and that feature is a very critical piece to the final piece to the credit card experience so we're, we're creating and reimagining what a credit card could be this is not like a you know a typical credit card that gives you you know, Sats back, but in every other way, it's a very fiat-based credit card. This this will really be a credit card imagined for Bitcoiners and for the Bitcoin world. What does Bitcoin mean as a pristine asset? What does Bitcoin mean for the ability to have verifiable proof of reserve versus an arbitrary credit score? All of these things and all these questions are coming into designing this card, which admittedly has made it so that we have to have a little bit more conversations with people, educate people. It takes a little bit longer, jump through more hurdles, which anybody who's running a Bitcoin company can tell you to run a successful Bitcoin company and to get through the traditional financial doors, you need to be the most buttoned up group in the room. You need to have the clearest vision because what you're proposing is essentially foreign and sometimes uh can even be perceived as antagonistic to the existing system, so you got to do it right. So, uh, we will be getting to that. I will. You'll have some news on that. I think
4: at the end of summer um, about more specifics on the card, Jim. Awesome. Hey, one last statement. I just want everybody listening to pay attention to what what's going on right here. I say to people all the time when they say, "Well, Bitcoin's not that big," or you know, "You can't spend it anywhere." All these stupid comments because they just don't. No. And I say to people all the time, you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. The people that are working to build out this ecosystem, the millions and billions of dollars being spent in so many directions, they don't see it. Your description of what your company has done, where it's been, where it's going, is in uh, an insight into this industry, a behind the scenes look that people just don't get. And I really appreciate you coming on today to help people understand this. And I love the fold card. I love what you guys are doing. I'm one of your biggest uh, proponents. So thank you so much. Thank you for letting me come up and speak, guys. Uh, I'll give up my space for anybody else that needs to come up. Thank you.
8: All right, thanks, Jim. Go ahead, Tomer. Hi, um, I often say this and it's not true, but this time I really am asking for a friend. Uh, the and He wanted me to ask, uh, one of the big topics in the Bitcoin world is the desire to leave the traditional banking world. Fold allows you to top up up your Fold debit card from traditional institutions that many Bitcoiners are looking to emancipate themselves from. With that said, is it on the roadmap for Fold to complete the circle and allow users to top up their Fold debit cards directly by lightning invoice and thus empower users to leave their banks? Great
9: question. And uh, yes, we hear that all the time and we want we are definitely on the side of empowering that first step there is getting that functionality in terms of wallet and receipt receive of both lightning and bitcoin into fold for user specific accounts now there are some more technical regulatory issues that we're dealing with behind the scenes but uh with the launch of uh, a upcoming feature that allows users to actually be holding Bitcoin and buying Bitcoin within Fold will enable you to, and that will be deeply integrated with the debit card. So that should complete the circuit and I think provide some pretty incredible utility for those that are looking
5: to do it.
0: All right. Uh, Mitchell. Good morning, hey, Mitchell. Yeah.
11: Hey, thanks for having me up. Uh, Will, I, lo- I love the Fold card. It's a great product, um, but I-, I guess I'm just ignorant because I've never spent a dime and I've only got Bitcoin from Fold. So how do you guys make money?
9: Great question. We get this one all the time. So um, the most basic way is that um, we have anytime you make a purchase on the Fold debit card and anytime you buy a gift card, Fold is making money on that transaction. There's the concept of interchange on the Visa network, where it's essentially merchants pay us to bring customers to them and process that payment, which we share and we give you know, m- most, if not usually all back to you all. So we don't quite make money on there, but that is revenue coming the door. The second is our merchant um, integrations. And so we go, basically approach merchants, make some d- deals with them, and we take some of that margin and we give the rest to you. So anytime you're getting a, a cash back on a gift card with fold, some, of, some percentage is re- retained uh, by fold. Uh, the other bit is that we have uh, subscriptions. We have our Spin Plus subscription, which we're, gonna, we're totally revamping, uh, which should drop in about 30 days or so. This will reimagine the Spin Plus subscription. Number one, it's going to be more affordable but there's going to be a ton more benefits that are dropping there. And that normally our best, most de- dedicated users um, are spin plus users. They also are the ones who essentially get uh, the lion's share of rewards just from the benefits that are there. And so there's a really great value for value exchange happening. The more you are stacking, the more we are stacking. And so we try to create a business model that aligns incentives in that way. Now there's other ways that we make we make money. Uh, merchants uh, will um, uh, pay us to, you know, feature. We've had things like, you know, atoms on there. We've had, we try to uh, fo- uh, um, position Bitcoin companies in the space, which we will take a portion of the, any revenue coming off of that. So, but primarily it is merchant, uh, mar- uh merchant fees. It is interchange and our subscriptions are the, the main, main revenue drivers there.
11: Thank you. I appreciate that,
10: uh,
11: that cleared up some confusion.
5: Um, hey, I, I was just at the app, and I was uh, going to uh, attempting to sign up. I'm I'm a boomer, so uh, I kind of get overwhelmed rather easily. I was wondering if you guys have some. It, it seemed like there's a lot of noise on the app for me, at least, and I was wondering if there was a, a shortcut, a way to. Um, sign up and, and do this thing that that is a little easier if you have some documentation about that.
9: Well, we always want to boomer proof our app. So um, I'll take that as some good feedback. Um, normally to sign up, I think you just need an a, uh, uh, email and password. If you're trying to sign up for the uh, debit card, you will need to um, go through KYC. So uh, I'm very happy to help you through that. You can DM me on Twitter. I've got DMs open or the team. Um, I'd personally be curious about where you're primarily getting hung up and uh,
5: we'll make sure you get by and hopefully we can learn something along the way. Yeah, so the, the sign up part was easy. It's it's the choices after the sign up part that are a little overwhelming. That that's where I was running into trouble.
9: All right. Let's uh, get in touch with me. I'd, I'd love to see kind of where, where you're where you're thinking and how we can improve it for you.
10: did you have some? No, I accidentally raised my hand. So, I, I mean, I can always talk, but I'll, I'll let others ask questions that they have.
0: All right. I want to welcome up Joe. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing, man?
2: Hey, I'm doing good. How are you, Alex?
0: I am fantastic. Thank you.
2: Super. Hey, uh, we're Fold uh, Card members, and uh, we love the app. Uh, I'm a Spin Plus guy, and uh, my kids think I'm all crazy because I – I played a metaverse every day, and uh, I grab my three free spins, and I I get 200 uh, sats, and uh, I think so far, like, this year, we're like 4 million sats, so um, I really, really enjoy it. I think it's uh, well run. Uh, The only comment I had is, I used to be able to do it on my phone. I know there's a bug now that won't allow you to play the metaverse on your uh, uh, screen on your phone, so I always have to use my iPad now, so... I was going to ask will if there's uh a fix for that
9: uh you know what i did not know about that but i'm sure if i jump into the right channel on slack i'll be able to figure that out for you and i'll i'll uh, i'll make sure that's flagged. someone someone can get on that but yes i know it works on the ipad i know my mom does it that way so i can attest to that but I'll, let's make sure we get the uh the phone fixed for you
2: yeah it, my kids think i'm a crazy man because i'm walking around holding the. Uh, ipad up playing the metaverse and walking around the room they just laugh at me you know so (laughs) (laughs) joe
6: joe the
9: fact that you you you've stacked four percent of one bitcoin um since if in the year you've been using this card i don't think your kids are going to laugh in 10 years when they when they see that you stacked your your whole citadel based
10: on walking around the room a couple times a day right yeah when when we reach penny penny sat parity and then dollar Sat parody. everybody's going to be really happy that you were doing that. <laughs> well, this,
9: it, it will go down as the biggest question that I have now. Is, is being essentially one of the largest givers of free Bitcoin
10: the best business decision in the world or the worst? I will figure out in one decade. <laughs> it's kind of like buying a pizza for with Bitcoin, right? In the early days. <laughs> That's exactly right.
5: No, it'll be
10: it'll be one of the best decisions because
5: uh, you'll be able to add that to your resume of things that uh, you did uh, for uh, Bitcoin and the and uh, Bitcoin hybridization.
9: Very good, Bitcoin sainthood status. Even if uh, even no matter
2: where the business goes, I like it. Yeah, and your boy uh, Matt Ritt there on the Discord does a great job answering everybody's question and uh, sending out some free spins here and there every once in a while. Well, I, I want to shout out that the you know one of the
9: pillars about Fold, which I think we do very well, is we stay extremely close to the community, and so we have a, a Discord with thousands of people in there, all giving us feedback, um, love mail, hate mail, feature requests. We run you know giveaways, and uh, Matt does a, a actually a very good job at making sure that all the voices, all the thoughts are actually funneled to the team. So it actually, when you say stuff in there or give feedback like Jim was talking about, it's actually being heard by the actual team. We actually dedicate quite a bit of time to going through what does the community say? Because some of our best ideas, some of the things that uh, people use most have all come from people using the app. And we so we have we find that there's been huge value there. So we appreciate anyone who's already in that Discord and we appreciate um you to even continue that going forward. It's it's it makes fold better.
2: Hey, well thanks guys. And uh Alex, uh, i look forward to seeing you in uh November at the Pacific Bitcoin Conference. I'll look you up and uh, tell you all about aircraft carrier landings.
0: Awesome, man. Looking forward to that. I mean, uh there's I, for those of you who don't know, Joe's a former uh Navy pilot. Uh, he did aircraft carrier stuff, and I've, I've always tried to get him up here to tell stories about that. But <laughs> Humble guy. Looking forward right. to it, Joe.
2: Thanks. See you guys.
0: Shane, go ahead, brother.
10: Yeah, I was just thinking people might be a little bit more interested because I know I perked up um, when I heard that you could pay your mortgage with Fold. I looked it up real quick. Um, but maybe you could share a short version if you want on how it's possible to pay your mortgage with Fold.
9: Yeah, I'd say this is, this is the Bitcoin hack of 2022, as far as I'm concerned. I have personally benefited off of it. So um, one of the benefits of so Fold is a debit card, right? There's, there's a bunch of um, uh, credit cards out there that give you Bitcoin back, but there's some things that debit cards can do that credit cards can't. Primarily that's paying bills, paying your rent, your mortgage. Um, and what that allows you to do is to earn with fold is to earn sats on essentially your largest monthly outflow of, of, um, of, of fiat. And so what you could do is um, PayPal has a nice uh, uh, portal. There's others that do this as well, but uh, PayPal I think has the easiest most user um Uh, intuitive way about going about it. So you will need PayPal to do this, but essentially you can find your mortgage provider, your um, auto loan, your bill, your phone bill, really really anything, a lot of these kind of recurring monthly bills. And uh, you can schedule payments directly from your fold card, which will trigger rewards on it. And so um, this has accelerated the stacking uh, to brand new heights uh, for our users and um, I think is, is one of the, at least my favorite hacks that I found out in 2022. We found a great, we wrote up a great blog post about it. It'll take you step by step through it uh, so that you can try it out, but definitely encourage you all to, to take a look because there are sats sitting there on the table for your taking
5: um, and uh, it's a great time to stack in the bear market. Hold on. Are you are you telling me that I can I can use my credit card and get the rewards from my credit card and then pay off the credit card with the fold card to get is that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> that's so, fucking amazing. I will say this.
9: It, <laughs>
12: Peter it, gets it, it.
9: It will so I will tell you this. There's there's the it's that's technically possible. You do need to watch out because the banks on both sides are watching for what's called uh, money circulation essentially just paying off yourself from circular action. So, just be buyer beware that if that's the only activity you are doing, your accounts could, you know, raise uh, red flags or suspicions. But yes, that is technically possible. So make sure you're using your card for other things there, and you should be okay.
12: Well, let me add one thing. I see you, sir. Uh, the card has a limit. So if a limit ha- it's a daily limit of five thousand dollars, and your credit card balance is seven thousand, you have to pay it in two payments. So I've been doing like three thousand five hundred one day, the following day another thirty five hundred, and you get all you get all the stats back.
5: I love the ins and outs of TradFi and how Bitcoiners just exploit the hell out of it
0: uh okay we're getting up towards the end of the show so i'm gonna invite scout to to go ahead and speak and then uh we'll go with closing comments we'll let we'll make some closing comments and then we'll start moving towards wrapping. and scout
12: good morning welcome hi there thanks um i've been using the fold card for about three months um i should say i've had it for three months you just addressed one of my questions which is i kind of figured out that paypal hack where you can you know, fund your fold card, set up your fold card as your primary card under your PayPal and then pay bills. And uh, the challenge I'm having is it took me probably four or five times to fund my fold card with my ACH bank transfer, you know, via that Plaid platform. Um, what, What I ran into was I And I've used, I've done a lot of ACH transfers via Plaid with other services without really any issue, but it kept getting rejected by my bank. So I kind of kept lowering the amount, like I tried several thousand and then I tried, finally it went through with a thousand, but I'm trying to pay my bills, but I can't fund my fold card um, adequately enough or efficiently enough to have enough money to pay my bills. Is that something that you can uh, speak to?
9: Well, first off, one of my favorite parts about, you know, there's many benefits to being a Bitcoin company. The first one, I said one earlier about, hey, we've been through many downturns. We know about the ups and the downs and how to how to make sure you come out okay on them both. Uh, we also have access to some of the best talent out there. I said, hey, we hiring engineers right now. Please, we have a $1,500 uh, bounty for new new hires. Bitcoiners are wonderful teammates. Um And one of the third ones is that Bitcoiners um, have, are so used to the assurances of Bitcoin. Number one being have 24 seven access to to, to your money, um, having no intermediary between you and where you want to spend that um, as well as the verifiability and assurances of when I send money, it will, it will get there. And, So what happens is anytime you you bring in the traditional finance um, rails into your your app, it's woefully apparent to Bitcoiners of how backwards and trash that system is. And so this is one of them, the wonderful world of ACH. Um, So (laughs) I have heard heard of that happening. Um, It definitely can happen specifically with some banks who are essentially, you know, we've had stories of uh, banks who... See that you're no longer using their bank debit card, and then add, and that you're sending it to fold. And as a result, they then put holds or limits on how much you can transfer out because that money is no longer flowing through them, and they really would like it to. And so they try to make it so that you're like, hey, not worth the time anymore. So you go back. There's also just the ACH system and it being pretty garbage. Um, there's also Plaid, which can break. There are so many. There's so many things in between when you click, I want to send this money to fold, so many hands involved, so many systems, so many own timetables, so many random uh, text files being sent between institutions that it can go wrong at so many places. So I can say if you contact our support team, we should be able to pinpoint who is messing it up, why and how to figure out how to get around it. Um, But yes, I've definitely heard that
0: issue happening. I have a personal uh, story about how I like I I did some transfers that didn't work and I just went into my bank account and I I can do payments directly like on the website. So I just I just do deposits directly and it works great. Okay, so we're pretty much at the Alex, end of the show. I, I just yes, got to say
5: Peter? I've got such a hard on, dude. I love fucking bitcoiners. <laughs>
0: okay thanks for that (laughs) again we're at the end of the show so we're going to move to wrap here we're going to let will make any final comments he wants to make Will, if you want to plug anything tell us anything you're excited about whatever you want up to you i really appreciate you coming today it's been awesome uh i've really enjoyed it i hope uh, other people's have other people have too uh and uh yeah anything you want to say Will.
9: Um, I, I love the Bitcoin community. I love all the love that Fold has received. We have an incredible team. We're very small. We are hiring $1,500 in Bitcoin. If you help us find our next engineer back in the front end, we got some uh, openings on the site. Um, but besides that, I know we got a lot of love today, but I know that there's so much that Fold needs to, uh, to improve on. And myself, my DMs are always open. We have a Discord. You can hit up Matt Ricks in that Discord, Um, Twitter DMs, anywhere. We truly do love to hear this feedback, regardless if it's love or hey, you need to fix this. So that's how we get better. Um, Also, we got some amazing things coming. You know, Fold has been known for earning, and we're about to be known for also other things. How do you increase your stack in other ways? Buying it? How can you use that stack to kind of improve your life in a very direct way? So. We hope that you guys stay tuned for that. And then also a uh, big shout out to our good friends at Swan, who I think are the have created one of the best products out there in Bitcoin to help you stack daily, but not just make sure you're provisioned with Bitcoin, but that you're educated on it along the way, which I think that's one of the things that our companies are both very much aligned to. It's not enough just to be utility. You also need to pair it with education or fun to make sure we res- are able to reach even more and more people, get them on the lifeboat. So appreciate the room, Alex. Love you all.
0: Heck yeah, man. That's what we call getting on the mission. Get on the mission. By the way, Will, I don't know if you know about Bitcoin or Jobs. You know about that? Something you need to check out if you don't. For sure, for sure. com. That's where all the cool Bitcoiners are posting their jobs.
2: <laughs>
0: all right. Thanks for hanging out again. I'm going to hand it off to Chris. Uh, Any closing uh, announcements or anything from Bitcoin Mag?
6: Yep. Thank you, Alex. Will, thank you for what you're doing with the Fold Company. I know me and everyone at Bitcoin Magazine love what you guys are doing there as well. Uh, Yeah, closing remarks. So we've got Bitcoin Amsterdam coming up October 12th through the 14th. Uh, We're bringing the Bitcoin Conference to Europe. So we're really excited for that. You can go to b.tc forward slash conference. And click on the Amsterdam link and get your tickets there. You can use the code Live for 10% off your tickets. Uh, then also we have an awesome it print issue of the Bitcoin magazine, the censorship resistant issue. Uh, with all the craziness that's going on in the world, find a way to be self-sovereign and use your Bitcoin in a self-sovereign way. I know we talked about on this episode, you know, Trudeau trying to uh, reduce fertilizer and stuff like that. 30% reduction in fertilizers and going to cause farms to fail and, uh, just not good. so get censorship resistant money, prevent them from uh, confiscating it from you. So there's a lot of good articles about how to set up multi-sigs and you know fundraising and such. Uh, and then last and not but not least, we have Bitcoin magazine live at 1 p.m. Eastern today or 10 a.m. Pacific on our YouTube channel, Rumble as well as Twitch. Um, we're going to be talking with uh, Ben Price from the Bitcoin company as well as having news and notes and then also Tony Giorgio from uh, the Impervious Browser. So we're going to be talking all those awesome things about the products that their companies are doing. And then also we're going to be followed up with FedWatch from Ansel Lidner at the end of the show. Uh, So that's it. Back to you, Alex.
0: Awesome. That, oh man, that uh, most recent um, edition of the magazine looks so good. It's just, man, that front cover is just like really powerful, man. It's going to be iconic, I think, moving forward. And uh, and I'm glad to hear what you guys are doing with the with the conference over in, in uh, e- is it the UK or Europe?
6: Yeah, Europe. It's in uh, Amsterdam, Netherlands. Amsterdam. Uh, yeah, just a lot of uh, Bitcoiners in Europe that weren't able to come to the States because of uh, yeah. restrictions were bringing it there to them. So really looking forward to that.
0: We've heard a lot of that feedback on this show about how people wish they could have gone to Miami, but they couldn't. So, yeah, glad to hear you guys are doing that. That's fantastic. All right, that's a wrap. You have been listening to Cafe Bitcoin. We do this every day as a live show, Monday through Friday on Twitter Spaces. We start at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern. We roll for two hours, talk about all things Bitcoin. The place for your morning news. Preferred hangout for some of the smartest minds of Bitcoin. to Just chill, talk about what's going on. This is also a podcast. If you can't catch the live show, you can catch it on Fountain, Spotify, Apple, Everywhere you get your podcast, you can throw myself a follower, Swan Bitcoin, to be notified of when those drop. Thanks to Swan Bitcoin, Bitcoin magazine, the sponsors of this show, my crew, and Shane, Sats for Life, producer Jacob. I am your host, Alex Stanzik. I work with Swan Bitcoin. If you want to know more about Swan, shoot me a DM. I am happy to help you myself. Thanks again, Will. That was great. If you listen to this, if you listen to it on the pod later, thanks for, for being here, man. Thanks to all the speakers who come here on a regular basis and share their personal time. To bring this message of the bright owners future to the rest of the world. That's what we call getting on the mission. Getting a lot of people to bring this thing to you still. Let's get busy people. Get to work. I love all you guys. Everybody go out there and have a great day today. Question.